You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. And good afternoon. And let me say uh, again, as I did yesterday, what a privilege it is to be here and to share just a bit in the ministry and the fellowship of this cathedral. Two things always happen when I come here. The first is that I always realize anew how much I am in need of being fed by the absolute essentials of the gospel. And the second is simply that my hunger is always spoken to. I always leave here more excited about the good news of Jesus Christ. It is a real gift that all of you give to me and to the other preachers in this Lenten series. So thank you very much. Now, I would like to introduce you Uh, this noon to a man named Jim O'Neill. But before I do, here's a little passage from the Bible about which I want to say uh, just a word. It is Mark, uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, which goes as follows. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Well, now back for just a moment to this fellow, Jim O'Neill. Jim is 71 years old. Jim is also a pilot. And eight years ago, uh, on one sunny day, Jim was flying alone in his Cessna airplane. Uh, Jim's life was in pretty good shape. He loved to fly, and he was feeling strong. And then, when he was about 40 minutes into a four-hour flight from Glasgow, Scotland, down to Colchester, England, something happened. In an instant, his vision failed. He could not see a thing. And at first, he thought that the sun had momentarily blinded him, but he soon realized that it was much worse. As it turned out, he had had a stroke. And although he felt no pain, everything was a complete blur. Now, as you're sitting in the pews, let me invite you for just a moment as you're seated to close your eyes. And as your eyes are closed right now, imagine that you are alone. You're sitting at the controls of a small plane You are flying 120 miles an hour, you are 15,000 feet in the air, and you are completely blind. And what does that feel like? Well, now if you'd open your eyes again, 
I want to welcome you to the season of Lent courtesy of Jim O'Neill. And let me tell you why. The purpose of the season of Lent is to make you and me more aware of who Jesus really is as the Son of God in order that the significance of Good Friday and Easter morning may literally change our lives. And the pilot Jim O'Neill is our Lenten man because today's passage from Mark's Gospel is all about being strong in one moment and then in the very next moment being blind and weak. And discovering that it's in the weakness that Jesus is revealed as the Son of God, as the one who offers a kind of forgiveness and transformation that we never could manufacture on our own strength. Let me say that again. In the upside-down economy of God's grace, the experience of the love of Jesus takes place not when we are strong, but when we are weak. Now, there's a very strong person in this passage from Mark's Gospel who says, the one who is stronger than I is coming after me. And as John the Baptist is preaching this upside-down message, the people pour out into the wilderness. And these are people who know that they are too weak to get rid of this hated Roman Empire on their own. People who think that they don't have it together enough on their own for their prayers to really get through. People who are thinking that underneath it all, their lack of grit and stick to may be the last word about their birth, worth. These are the ones who are streaming out to listen to John, these thousands who know their weaknesses and who are yearning for some strength. And then out of this crowd steps Jesus. And John looks up and he sees his cousin, the son of Aunt Mary and Uncle Joseph, and he says, what in the world are you doing here? You're the only one in the whole world who doesn't need to be baptized. You ought to be baptizing me. And Jesus looks quietly out over this vast throng, and he sees their hunger, and he wades in to join them, to stand right beside them and with them in their weakness in the Jordan River. So let me just ask myself and all of you, What are some places where our culture today is telling us that we ought to be strong and we know ourselves to be weak? In what ways is our culture today saying that we ought to have self-assurance and confidence and instead we've got a backstage view of who we really are? I got in touch with my own weakness just a couple of weeks ago up in New York City. Uh, I went into a local Starbucks. Things had been going pretty well that day. I was feeling strong. I was feeling confident, self-assured, until the person in front of me made his order. This is what he said. I want a decaf, grande, sugar-free, vanilla, non-fat latte with two shots of decaf espresso with extra syrup with steamed foam and milk heated to 142 degrees. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, I don't know how to order at Starbucks. 
I don't know if I want 142 degrees or 143 degrees. I don't know what grande means. I am flunking Starbucks. So that's how I got in touch with my weakness the other day. So that's a little silly. But how about you? What kind of River Jordan might you be standing in today? Maybe you're the breadwinner of your family and it's just not happening. Maybe you've even been laid off. Can you see Jesus wading in to stand right beside you in that river, in that weakness? Maybe you need to play on some athletic team and you haven't made the cut. Maybe you need to graduate from that school but the grades just aren't making it or perhaps the funds aren't there. Maybe you need to get published and that pile of rejection letters is growing. Maybe you need to be brave for a cause that you know is just but you've let the chance slip away. Maybe you need to heal that relationship and you just don't know how. And whatever the need is, is it possible to see Jesus waiting in to stand beside you in your weakness? Because this is what God does best, to take the part of me that embarrasses me, the part of me that ties me down, the part of me that makes me ashamed, and coming to it and identifying with it and finally dying for it so that I may know that I am forgiven and that I am loved and that I'm made new. And all of this was played out this past Advent at the Calvary St. George's Church up in New York City when we had a candlelight service on Sunday evening. And the worship began with that hauntingly beautiful hymn, Once in Royal David's City. And the children sang the first choir, uh, the first verse in the processional. And as those sweet words, once in Royal David's City, began to flow through the sanctuary, suddenly the harsh, loud sound of a siren came into the church from the streets. And I thought, oh no, the beauty of this moment is being destroyed. And then I thought some more. I thought, Maybe that is the siren of a fire engine, and it is on its way to somebody's apartment, which is full of beloved treasures that are going up in flames, while the choir sang, Once in Royal David's City. And then I thought, maybe it's the siren of a police car, and it's on its way to a weapon that's been fired by somebody whose anger or despair has just bubbled over while the choir sang, Once in Royal David's City. Or maybe I thought it's the siren of an ambulance, and it's on its way to an apartment where someone has had a heart attack, while the children sang, Once in Royal David's City. And then it all came together at the end of the second verse with these words, With the poor, the scorned, the lowly, lived on earth, our Savior, holy. So I want to say thank you to that children's choir for telling us that whatever sirens are, may be going off in our spirits, those are the places, those are the weaknesses where the strength 
and the forgiveness and the love of the Lord Jesus are manifested and come shining through, just as they did for Jim O'Neill. BBC News in England um, has made available the recording of the final four minutes in O'Neill's flight. A Royal Air Force pilot named Paul Gerard took off in his own plane, was contacted by air traffic controllers, and he brought his own plane to within 500 feet of O'Neill's plane, and he began to talk to the pilot. Here is exactly what he said. You've missed the runway this time. Let's start another gentle right-hand turn. Keep the right turn coming. Roll out left. No need to worry. Roll out left. Left again. Left again. Keep coming down. Turn left. Turn left. Hey, no problem. Can you see the runway now? So you cannot see the runway? Keep coming down. And then finally, you are safe to land. And O'Neill touched down in a near-perfect landing. You and I, this noon, may be out in the river. And the sirens may be wailing. But our Lenten Messiah, whose name is Jesus, is right beside us. And I can see him saying to our hearts this noon, you are safe to land. Let us pray. Gracious God, in whatever rivers we may be standing in right now, with whatever sirens may be wailing in our lives right now, may each one of us here this noon hear your son Jesus from the cross and out of the empty tomb, saying right now, you are safe to land in my love. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us this day and all the way to Easter morning. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.